0: Attention crew, this is your Captain Caliban speaking. This is a supplemental episode of Enterprising Individuals where we bring you news and tidbits from the world of Trek, also interviews with special guests, and a few little surprises along the way. I hope you're remaining happy and healthy as we all remain indoors. And there's light at the end of this tunnel, it would seem, as many states are opening up, or at least making plans to open up again. So hopefully, we'll be able to enjoy this summer with few restrictions. Even though the Summer Olympics were pushed back to 2021, which is disappointing but necessary. And another thing, as you might know if you're a student or a parent of kids, school has been way messed up this year. I mean, there's going to be an entire generation of students who will have this weird memory of coronavirus and the half year that they weren't in school. Like a dark ring in a tree when there was a forest fire. Ella... My co host on Discoverage and the co host of the Generations Geek podcast just graduated from college. Congratulations, Ella. And nothing. No ceremony, at least not in person. No party, no open house. You just have to fling your mortarboard into the ceiling fan and listen to a commencement speech from Kesha. I mean, what what's that going to do to a generation of students? Not the Kesha thing. You know, whatever. She's all right. But maybe this will change many people's minds on the practices of education. I've talked with several educators on this show in the past about teaching techniques, and what school might look like in the future, and everyone seems to agree that the digital tools available to educators mean that the, you know, one-room schoolhouse writ large theory of education needs a second look, and that learning can happen anywhere, as long as you wear masks and stay six feet apart. This week, Mikan Hana of the Just Enough Trope podcast is back once again on the show, Not to talk about education, but to discuss some of the latest Trek news from the Trek sphere. Last time she was on the show, we ended up talking a lot about the new direction of Trek. And we had some, let's say, loving criticisms for it. And we end up doing that again a little on this show. Uh, Suffice it to say, I'm a Star Trek fan in all its forms, and I always want it to be good. But we end up being um, kind of frank about what we think about the current state of Trek, good and bad. So be ready for that. Everything's still cool. And please, share your opinions with us on social media at EISTPOD or on our Discord, because we want to know what everyone thinks. Stick around to the end of the show to get a sneak peek of next week's episode. You're free to wear sunscreen, and with that, let's get underway. I just saw an article about how somebody, EW, you know, somebody, was talking about how uh, Batwoman stealth cast Bruce Wayne and nobody noticed.
1: Whoa, really?
0: Yeah, they did. Um, so the, the character, so the whole premise of the show is that Bruce Wayne is out of town, I guess. And so right. that woman is like okay. protecting Gotham and living in the Batcave. And they haven't said that, you know, they haven't committed to putting him on. They had Kevin Conroy play like an older version of him in the Elseworlds episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's, but the character Hush, Tommy Elliott, is on the show. And this is I don't don't watch the show, so I'm just making this up as I go. But uh, and one of the features of that character is, is that he wants Batman's Bruce Wayne's life. He hates Bruce Wayne and Batman and he alters his face to look like Batman. So the character is Tommy Elliot. Uh But if he's going to have the face of Batman, you just cast Batman for your show.
1: No, you're right. Yeah. Whoa. Uh,
0: I don't know the actor's name. He's, oh. he's on He was on Suits or something like that. I think okay. his name is Murray or something like that. All right. And he's, I don't know, he's the, the my problem with all the CW superhero shows mm. is just like one signifying thing. Okay, there you go. None of, none of those characters really appeal to me so much as, wow, that's really Jesse Quick or, or whatever.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. He's
0: got black hair, so he's Bruce Wayne, I guess, you know? <laughs> He's, he's kind of a pencil necked kind of guy. He's not who you really? think of as being uh, the Batman. No. But that's what it is. And that was the story this morning. This afternoon, the story was Ruby Rose not coming back for season two.
1: Wait, what?
0: Yeah. She just announced it on Twitter <gasps> uh, hours before uh, we recorded this right now. And that's so. That's huge. The turnaround, Why? Was, the turnaround was so fast that this afternoon or. Um, pre-dinner's airing of Jeopardy had a clue about who plays Batwoman on CW. And it was Ruby Rose. And people were tweeting like, oh, boy. <gasps>
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is, why? Did she have a bad experience?
0: Well, she did like break her back like on the show. That could be something to oh, do with it. that's right. She hasn't said anything. She just said the typical, you know, this is a tough decision. I respect all the people. And, you know, we don't know. We'll probably hear something in the, Weeks and months to come, but yeah, she's out.
1: Well, how are they going to do it? Are they are they going to just like do what they do with well, a Hush lot of Well, Hush is going to get
0: her first of all, uh. and he's going to make her look like Bruce Wayne. Uh, I don't know.
1: <laughs> do they do they recast and just act like it's the same person, or do they get somebody completely new and be like, oh, I took over the mantle or something like you that? You just recast. Okay, it's
0: TV. Is recast, but
1: <sighs> wow,
0: you could cancel too. Yeah, you could cancel.
1: I I don't want
0: them to cancel it. No, again, I don't watch it. But I mean, I thought that Legends of Tomorrow was a goner, and it has survived by becoming. I, <laughs> I never watched yeah, that show know, either, but I, I see screen caps from like they're doing a, a Star Trek thing. They've wow. got people in like what? TOS costumes on a bridge, and so. It's it's just become a carnival, like you know the, the the premise was always that they could go back in time to whenever, right? Uh, uh-huh. And so yeah, the third episode in, it's like, whoa, we're in the seventies. Wow, that sounded more like uh, the monsters. I meant for it to sound. <laughs> <laughs> like a sitar, but that's okay. Uh, um, yeah, and so, but they've just taken that and just run with it, and it doesn't really matter. It doesn't make any sense, and it actually sounds kind of fun. But I don't watch it, and it's gone for like what four, three, four seasons now, something
1: like that. So I
0: think Batwoman's gonna be fine. They'll just recast.
1: Ah, uh, wow.
0: Maybe she got a role on a new Star Trek show.
1: Oh, you think? I don't know. You're speculating?
0: I know this is a Star Trek news podcast. It is. So we should probably be doing that. Probably. <laughs> uh, joining me on the show today is Mikanhana Hanna from the Just Enough Trope podcast, coming back to help out again with the news. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Cal. I'm glad to be here. Is it
0: safe to ask you what's been happening on the Just Enough Trope podcast?
1: Is it safe? Uh, yes. Uh, you've had to do um, it uh,
0: virtually now? Remotely, ha!
1: yeah, right. Uh, how would that work over Skype? I remotely do it through the studio somehow, yeah. Um, you yeah, you've
0: had to just run down the street and just do it remotely, yeah, right, from your phone.
1: Um, well, let's see here. Uh, last episode, uh, we talked about a double John double feature. <laughs> It was uh, two John Travolta better, okay, and two John Woo films. The mind
0: boggles as to yeah, where that could have gone. I know, but it landed uh, there.
1: We we talked about uh, Broken Arrow and Face Off. That's right, we went there. Um, and the rumors
0: are true. Yes,
1: uh, I had never seen either film, so uh, yeah. The
0: American films of John Woo are um, what sent him back to China. Uh, but are not thought of as being his best films. No, I
1: do a, enjoy Hard Target, though. It's a,
0: he's not the first filmmaker to bounce off of Hollywood, foreign filmmaker, but yeah. um, definitely uh, one of the biggest um, anticipations, you know, a, yeah. blue, a blue chipper
1: yeah, that absolutely. stars
0: wanted to work with and, of course, studios didn't trust because they're like, can this guy direct? And It's like, he's yeah,
1: he can. Millions
0: of Hong Kong dollars. I know, right? Pounds or whatever they have over there. Yeah. Um, and he did, you know, a couple of okay films over here and then that, that was kind of it. Yeah. Um, kept, uh, John Travolta alive in the nineties though.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, I, I had, I, I was anticipating face off quite a bit cause that was, um, something I hadn't seen and really wanted to see. Um, I, I think it was fun. I, I think you mentioned it, on this viewing, it wasn't, you didn't enjoy it as much.
0: Well, I've been, I have a long, like a 20 year odyssey of deprogramming myself that that's a good movie. (laughs) It's not a good movie. Okay. But now that I have done that and I can see it as the bad movie that it is, I don't know why it doesn't have a midnight showing following. Why aren't they like doing a rocky horror? Or even if, like, you know, if you enjoy Altered States. Mm hmm. Why isn't it a movie that people like, yeah, you know, you gotta get messed up and then watch face off. It's right. a good time. Yeah,
1: right. It's I, camp. I don't know. I, it's totally camp. It's
0: double camp. Yeah. Because it's Cage and Travolta going nuts. It
1: is. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh and uh I wonder how it because like, you were talking about too how John Woo made um the the distinct decision, this is not gonna be sci-fi. Uh I wonder how the film would have been different.
0: He'd never done a sci-fi. Yeah, I
1: know. He
0: didn't do one until Paycheck with Ben Affleck, which I think...
1: What? I've yeah. never even heard of that. Yeah,
0: it was in early, early aughts. Okay. And I I feel like... I mean, he puts himself... I'm not going to impugn his work ethic, but I feel like that was one for the studio. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, why okay. would John Woo want to do a sci-fi time travel movie with Ben Affleck?
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: But yeah, the original script, which, you know, he doesn't write the scripts. Right, the, right. the original script of Face Off was... Science fictional, <laughs> yes. because you are cutting men's faces off and yeah. sticking them on other men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's all kinds of other. There's a there's a prison uh, that's yeah. uh, spoiler alert inside of a. It's a black site prison inside of an oil derrick. Yeah. And there's a microchip that can change your voice. I know the whole thing. They should be shooting <laughs> laser guns at each other. But he the wanted
1: lasers cut their faces off.
0: Everyone, <laughs> there are there are lasers in it. <laughs> it but every he everybody got to. A high on their own supply. Speaking of altered substances,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, alter, altered, altering, um, and Travolta and Cage both went, "Ooh, I'm, I'm up against now. This is my own face-off. I'm up against another overactor. So right. we got to make this. We got to take this seriously. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And
0: then John Woo's like, "Oh no, people won't believe it if it's ray guns and spaceships. Like we got to bring the drama home. You know, <laughs> this is a movie about." A man sleeping with another man's wife while he's wearing that guy's face. I know. <laughs> it's just not. I
1: know. It's, it's so disturbing yeah, in so many it's ways. It's got problems.
0: It, it, it but does. But so does Rocky Horror, and people love it.
1: That's true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we're having fun over it. Just no true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How are you weathering uh, the uh, the quarantine, the uh, stay at, at home, shelter uh, in place order?
1: Um. I guess as best as possible. Um, we're, well, we started as 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 podcasters, I guess one of the ways you deal with it is, uh, you know, we, we started a you new- You make art. Yeah, that's right.
0: When life gives you lemons, you- You make- Are there any pigments lemonade. that-
1: lemon you, you write an
0: invisible ink. You, you paint an invisible picture. Right. <laughs> that can only be revealed by applying heat to it, and then it probably burns up.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, so we started a new show. It's it's called uh, Co Videos for your Quarantinement, which are both things that you coined and I think are fantastic. I, I
0: didn't think. Well, the check's in the mail. But...
1: <laughs> I was paid to say that. Um and, uh, so basically I have a list of movies that I've compiled over the years that I haven't seen and I want to see, uh, and Cal has a list. Kind of, which is more ephemeral. The list, it's up here. Yeah, it's in his head uh, of movies that either he hasn't seen and he wants to see, or films that he has seen but he you want to see again. Yeah. Uh, and so each episode, we we each pick a film from our list, and then we talk about it.
0: What have and, some of those films been?
1: Uh, well, let's see. What did we mo- we most recently um talked about? Uh, a Clockwork Orange. <laughs> And Butch Cassidy and I was the Sundance Kid. I was just
0: about to ask you: Are any of them sci-fi? Because this is still a Star Trek show, mm. and I don't. I think the answer is no.
1: That's not true. Oh, here we go. Planet of the Apes. That was one mm. of my picks. That's true. That's sci-fi.
0: That's true. But um, I, so is A Clockwork Orange.
1: In some ways, yeah, I think so. I was set count in the it. future. Yeah, that's true. They drive a, 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 a ninety-five. Future.
0: I can't remember the car. Its car's got some dumb name, but they're in like a concept car, and it's like. If we took the old 95 Spurgenschmacher out on the motorway and played the game of runny runnies or whatever.
1: Exactly. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, What have you
0: learned from uh, doing that? (laughs) That the movies that you've heard are good or overrated? Just throwing it out there.
1: Uh, well, that's something that we definitely talk about. And I, I think sometimes the answer is yes. And I think sometimes the answer is no. um, And sometimes even though you're like, you know, maybe this is not as great as people think it is. I still enjoyed it. You mm-hmm. know, so it's still worth a watch. Um, Never ending story. So, ugh. I wanted to see that movie for so long. Probably since I was a little kid. Because it came out when I was a little kid. <laughs> Um, and it it's fantasy. I mean, man, it's like I have loved unicorns for like freaking ever. So it's like (laughs) there's not a unicorn. I know, but they're (laughs) you know dragons whatever it, there's so much you, in there that's right up my alley so,
0: what did you see like the TriStar pictures logo or something okay Why i don't think there was a unicorn no i know it?
1: there's no unicorns in it i'm just saying, legend
0: should be the movie that you want to see. I know see.
1: i'm just saying that like there's two unicorns there's fant- in that yeah i know <laughs> i just I mean there's fantastical elements in it and i like that sort of stuff i always like that yeah stuff.
0: the 80s was all about bad underperforming <laughs> fantasy films
1: i know I will go to Bat for Labyrinth anytime. Well,
0: though. that's yeah, that's a good one.
1: But uh, yeah, and then also just like some of the ones that are on I think it's kind of funny. Some of the ones that are on my list you wouldn't think um uh would typically be on a quote unquote girls list. Whoa. And maybe the same could be said destroying of destroying gender barriers of your list that maybe some of the films on your list they wouldn't think would be on a guys to see list. Like what? Like Cabaret, for example, like if you if you saw a list of all the movies we've talked about and you tried to guess who picked what, I think sometimes we would trip people up.
0: Cabaret is literally about a cabaret (laughs) where ladies dance around in their underwear. That's true. What's not guileless about that?
1: Okay, wow. (laughs) Well, what about your pick Thelma and Louise then?
0: Oh, yeah. I that's a movie that this is not Star Trek. (laughs) That's a movie that I had never seen and is just, you know, I've done a couple Ridley Scott movies on the show, Mm-hmm. haven't I? I think so. Well, we did. No, maybe not. I, th- maybe this is the only one. I can't is remember. It? But it's like the one Ridley Scott movie that I hadn't seen, um, mostly because as a guy, <laughs> when it came out, I was like, oh, don't know. I think I get it. I don't know if that's for me. Right. And then I watched it and I was like. I think I get it. I don't it's know if that's for, for me. me. I mean, it's got there's there's I don't know there's <laughs> like a lot of you know he he made commercials and so like a lot of filmmakers who came from commercials, which are the most visual of this visual medium. You've yeah. got very little time to tell the story. Um, he brings that stylization to his work, and his best movies that is a the best sauce on top of the steak. But the steak yeah. is always the script and the actors and the, sure. the characters and that's the meaning of the actors in the script and like every movie he's made in the last 25 years has just completely lacked those things hasn't it like it's not except for like Gladiator Gladiator was like the last flash of like his talent but okay. this is yeah Star Trek wow not overrated films yeah um, staying on the subject of overrated though yes we haven't had you on the show since early March I believe pre-COVID and yeah. the pre-end of Picard mm-hmm. what'd you think and sorry to set you up like that <laughs>
1: I was disappointed mm. to be perfectly honest um i was so excited to see patrick stewart back as jean-luc picard because i freaking love patrick stewart i love picard i was like oh i can't wait you know and then i just i feel like i fizzled like you know like it was it like the first two or three episodes that were basically like one episode, and it was like, can we get this? Well, going? The, yeah. I
0: mean, they kind of had a feature length pilot that was just three episodes.
1: Yeah, but it it just took. But like, for a
0: show that was ten episodes, yeah, that's essentially a, a quarter of their runtime, and or was it ten episodes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, um, that's like a quarter of their runtime,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's almost a third of their runtime. So it's like, all right. So, do you got anything else? And then, wow, yeah. there's a lot of padding in the middle. I know. And um, maybe it should have just be a movie.
1: Maybe. Uh, I also feel like they totally underutilized Jerry Ryan, and I was kind of like, why is she here? Um, and
0: well, you'll be happy to know that other former Trek stars are going to appear in Picard season two.
1: Well, I mean. Do you like
0: a little Lavar Burton? I do. In a probably very small cameo? Oh. I mean, come on. What are these?
1: these I guys don't know. These guys are I old.
0: Mean, what was... about a little Robert Picardo? Sure. If it's them out on the edge of Federation space and they pick up a shuttlecraft of an alien design and inside of it is the EMH backup program. From that one episode where the museum was like, oh, "Look at these dicks!"
1: Wow, <laughs> the Voyager crew, yeah, right, right, and he's right. like, "I think
0: I'll go home." And then you know, so there's another doctor out there. If it's them meeting that doctor in the 25th century, don't let's, let's do it.
1: Isn't that the episode where LeVar Burton was on it?
0: No, that was Timeless.
1: What? Oh, and that okay, and
0: they erased that. In they fact, did LeVar, Levar Burton <laughs> in that episode. Geordi is like all but saying. Please don't kill my last fifteen years. I'm I know, a captain of this. I know, ship. I know, I know. And they did it anyway. I know. They time Which murdered.
1: Stinks. Um I hope it's more than just a cameo. I don't know. I I liked um seeing Troy and Riker, you know, sure. again. Yeah. Um that was good. Um I
0: just their insufferable daughter.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, she was cute. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just think, look, it's fine to have precocious character, but that a little precocious goes a long way. That's yeah. that that'll spread over a lot of toast.
1: Yeah, and I know. man, they
0: just kept hitting it. Well, look, let's save it because we'll definitely talk about uh, CBS Trek shows later. Okay. Um, first, I wanted to basically kick off the news by announcing the story we have to talk about, the most important CBS Trek story of note, uh, of recent note, and that's the announcement of Strange New Worlds a new, uh, not to be confused with the story writing contest, and book line. <laughs> do you think, that, like, when they pick a, why would you, like, they could have called it Enterprise, but you uh, can't do that.
1: Yeah. Because you called
0: the show Enterprise. uh uh-huh, Is right. it like the James Bond series, where they have to go back and go, well, we're out of books here, let's see. Uh, one time uh, Ian Fleming said, uh, milk, orange juice, and eggs. No, that's his grocery list. That's not a good James <laughs> Bond title. They gotta pick, like, Things like short stories that he wrote or something right. like that. Right, or... yeah. So anyway, they picked Strange New Worlds, which has already been something, but that's fine.
1: I just feel like that's going to be brand confusion, right? Like
0: Nobody really knows about the yeah. People that listen to this show know about the story writing contest. Wow. But, okay. uh, the official release by CBS uh, describes the show as, as thus. Uh, the series will follow Captain Pike, science officer Spock, and number one in the decade before... That, that's brand confusion, number one. In the decade before <laughs> Captain Kirk boarded the USS Enterprise as they explore new worlds. That would be a great part to put strange in? New worlds around <laughs> yes. the galaxy.
1: Yeah, why didn't they put strange in there? Um, okay. Maybe you want to double down. Trying to be PC. Um, How about
0: discover new life around the galaxy? Use the other part of that phrase. Yeah. Uh, so CBS uh, made the announcement and then Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, and Rebecca Romain appeared in a YouTube video to also oh. uh, back that up. Talked okay. about um, you know being excited about it and that sort of thing. Uh, Anson Mount appeared looking handsome and plaid as always yes and he uh, said that we are going to get to work on a classic Star Trek show that deals with optimism in the future
1: okay well um so my first reaction is um I like I like these characters I like the actors playing these characters I want to see more from these characters but space but um, I am concerned about the very narrow window in which they have to write.
0: They have 10 years. I guess. More or less. I guess. And if they ever get stuck, they just, we went to the fort- the 40th century.
1: Ooh, we time traveled. We're, we're in Warhammer now. Yeah.
0: Okay. It's sci-fi. You can do anything.
1: I know. Um,
0: while you're ruminating, yeah, let me throw more cud in there. That's okay. what ruminate means. Sure. It means yeah. to chew a cud. Uh, executive producer Akiva Goldsman, whoop, nope, hold the cud down, hold it down in your stomach, uh, was talking with Variety, and he said, quote, we're going to try to hearken back to some classical Trek values to be optimistic and to be more episodic. Obviously, we will take advantage of the serialized nature of character and story building, but I think our plots will be more closed-ended than you've seen in either Discovery or Picard. I imagine it to be closer to the original series than even DS9. We can really tell closed-ended stories. We can find ourselves in episodes that are tonally of a piece. Does it sound like he just got caught like he was coming out of the bathroom or something like that? that? That is such a com- combination of talking points and also just Trump-like riffing. Doesn't it yeah, sound like he is like really just, totally does... we can do serial, what? but it's going to be it's going be episodic as well. And we can dig into all the things, but it's going to be optimistic. And it's going to be like DS9. <laughs> and
1: it's going to be like TOS. it's like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> You're
0: getting it everywhere.
1: Yeah. I mean. Your second reaction? Obviously, it's going to take place after the events of season two of Discovery, um, I'm
0: yeah, guessing but they could, you know, not mind the earlier years of,
1: Oh, do like flashback episodes or yeah. something like that. Cause yeah,
0: they, I, they I think they've, what I gather and there is, this is it. Like I'm about to stop talking and that'll be the end of what we know about the show, mm-hmm. but they could easily, it would be, might be a little confusing for the audience, but they could easily go a couple years back because Spock was already there. Although we've seen him. Join a, uh, yes. Enterprise. So there's your window there, I guess. But they could go back and anything up to, you know, I guess post The Cage,
1: mm-hmm. they could do. Right.
0: Right. And that was like
1: Do you think they'll redo The Cage?
0: They did. It was called If Memory Serves.
1: Oh, well, yeah. <laughs>
0: Season two of Discovery. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Goldsman is joined on the show by a number of producers new to Trek. And I'm not going to read their names. Because you don't know them anyway. Okay. But I'll read the shows they've worked on previously.
1: Uh Uh-oh. And
0: if this seems like a hit piece. This is bad. (laughs) uh, The Magicians, Covert Affairs, Chuck, Supernatural, American Crime, Luke Cage, American Horror Story, and The 100. Now.
1: Okay. I'll
0: tell you where I'm going with this. Okay. I know that Gene Coombe is writing cowboy shows before they started making the original series and Uh changed the world forever with Star Trek. Uh Uh-huh. But I'm not seeing a lot of sci-fi here. Before you tell me that, like Chuck is sci-fi, no, no, I, I get it. But what I'm saying is, this seems like mid-level genre TV. What do you think about that?
1: Um, I would agree with you. I I would say though, that I do think, even though I didn't really watch it, I would say that the 100's probably technically sci-fi, and some people... No, it's definitely
0: sci-fi. I, it's okay. In the, they're on a space station. Okay, well, something.
1: and I think some people might contend... And Luke is
0: comic books, sci-fi. Right,
1: and, and some people might contend that Supernatural has sci-fi. Totally, out. yes, they have but, angels, which
0: we know are robots.
1: But other than that, and...
0: Let me get to... I don't mean to... I'll I'll do my own screed, I guess. I don't okay, okay, know, okay, I don't yeah, need yeah, to put yeah, it all all right. off on you. My problem with Star Trek, as it is currently,
1: yes, modern is Trek f- Discovery and Picard. It's
0: all Trek. Yeah, is twofold. Well, it's threefold. Number one, Kurtzman and Goldsman.
1: Yes, I've talked absolutely. about that at length. Yep, and yep. there's no
0: point in going over it again. Number two, this is just more like they they did bring. I can't remember her name. Um, but she was on Luke Cage and, and the 100 and she's a woman of uh, color, Mm -hmm. which is great. Mm -hmm. But otherwise all these names are, it's just a bunch of untalented, in my opinion, straight white dudes in charge. Uh huh. And so yes, we've seen diversity explode in Trek and that is due to, I don't know, because it's a bunch of like dudes, white dudes writing writing it still still, for the most part.
1: Right.
0: Um, you know Jenny Lumet aside, right, and um, and some other people who are great, and I'm forgetting Kristen Buyer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And number three, people who make mediocre TV, even mediocre genre TV, are going to make mediocre Star Trek.
1: Well, that's true. And I've that that is I've never
0: been a Gene true. Roddenberry was Jesus's son guy, and the show would never would have worked without him. But he was a unifying creative force for a long time, literally because he rewrote a lot of people's scripts without telling them. <laughs> got it a couple times uh, Star Trek ultimately has to mean something or it's just a cheesy show about people with silly putty on their foreheads right and right. you know I don't feel like I don't feel like the super, Supernatural or the 100 are really about something do you know what I mean?
1: well I, I mean Yes, um, and and I would say that's especially true with supernatural, and we've ta- as we've talked about on just enough trope, like after Eric Kripke leaves, like there's no through line. Well, maybe there is. It's not as good after he leaves. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah.
0: And you know, uh, it's totally possible that somebody who's been writing, you know, mid tier genre TV for ten years and finally lands a job, you know, their dream job on the most famous mid tier show of all, Star Trek. Mm. Maybe they've got some amazing Star Trek ideas. It's but possible really to me, if I was a Hollywood screenwriter and somebody said, "Can you write sci-fi like Star Trek Sci-fi?" I would say yes mm mm-hmm. because that's my next job right? right, yes, and I just think that like I think Alex Kurtzman has proved that he has no there is no meaning to him but the bottom line mm hmm which is just to have this thing. Everybody wants it to be successful. Roddenberry wanted it to be successful, but he just of wants it to be successful so it can expand and so they can make more shows right. because that's what his startup, his production company is supposed to do.
1: Right, right, right. Make more TV. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh... it just I you know, I I've walked a very I've walked a razor thin line of trying to criticize what I see as the shortcomings of some of the new Star Trek shows. Without joining the likes of Doomcock and Midnight's Edge and everybody else,
1: mm-hmm. who
0: I repudiate. Mm-hmm. But the buzzwords that they use about optimism and more self-contained stories yeah. are now coming out of Akiva Goldsman's mouth. Right. Which I just don't know how to feel about that. I mean, d- I don't disagree. I have always thought that Star sure. Trek worked For 50 years by telling self-contained stories.
1: Absolutely. And then
0: when they took it outside of that to make it modern, because that's just what TV is now, Mm -hmm. they didn't have a plan beyond feed Star Trek to Star Trek fans, get more successful, make a Silence of the Lambs spinoff. You know?
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, there's a red angel. Uh, there's a couple of bursts <laughs> well, and I mean, things. I mean, but... we can.
0: Yeah. I mean, we can litigate like the individual's ideas and, yeah. and storylines that they're trying to bring home. Right. And if this sounds like gatekeeping, the gate has been blown off its hinges. We've got three Star Trek shows on the air, counting short tracks. Mm-hmm. We got four more in the pipeline. There is yeah. no gate to keep. Like Trek is everywhere. Yeah. And so I just want to reserve the right to comment. On the emperor's current state of dress or undress,
1: I I think that's completely fair. Other than and that, I don't think no have, thoughts. I don't <laughs> I don't think you have to love it just because it's Star Trek. I well, think, I mean, I
0: can't love it until I see it, right? And I want right. to see it.
1: Yeah, and I guess maybe that's.
0: But I just don't. That's the
1: best thing you can say about I it. I just right? don't want it to be as
0: lazy as some of the previous stuff has been. Like, I agree. Ask not the Pike short trek was like the shortest and like least developed. There was nothing to it.
1: I had problems with that particular one because I didn't like the idea that, <laughs> that Pike just, would
0: that like they relentlessly gaslight every cadet in yes, Star- Starfleet yes. again. <laughs> this
1: is like this is a procedure that they that is okayed with Starfleet. Your mom's and that dead. they constantly no, do just kidding, you're in. Yeah, right? No,
0: I'm gonna join the Vulcan Science Academy. Right,
1: exactly. <laughs> and then that she she then still wants to join. Yeah. It's like
0: but you see, that's what, what they. What is
1: happening? Yeah, but you
0: see, that's that's what they did on in previous versions of this. They did that to Wesley. Remember, the the pipe broke and he was had to drag that guy. So we're gonna do that now again and not think about how maybe things were different like a hundred years ago, or, or would they be different now in like uh, in the twenty first century, or
1: or maybe with twentieth century eyes, we as viewers would look at that and be like, why would you do that? To it's just the way TV
0: be. is made now. It's the reason that you hire. Uh, you know, David Mack to be uh, an advisor on if this sure. is canon or not. Right, right, right. Before it didn't matter because Gene Kuhn knew the Klingons were canon. He invented them. Right. And I, when you've got a, uh, when you've got a franchise that's been around for so long, there's no way that Jenny Lou Met, for instance, or just so and so with their film writing degree, mm-hmm. uh, who's just trying to make a show and make mm-hmm. a good show. There's no, they can't remember who the Arganians are and all that. Well, but it's kind of maybe an argue for like really going off on your own. That's why I'm excited about Discovery Season 3 because they do whatever you want. It doesn't really matter.
1: Yeah. Well, let's hope that they go for that though. You know what I mean? I don't know
0: how they couldn't. They're literally... I
1: guess. Um, I, saw, I saw a post online from somebody who... Star Trek News. Uh, this is related to Trek. <laughs> Uh, who uh, is a truck fan but just started watching Discovery for the first time? Yeah. And they were like, What is going on with the redesign of the Klingons? And you yeah, know,
0: everybody says that.
1: I know. And, and lots of people had responses. Some people shared articles. But I got to tell you, just my opinion. You don't like it. I. I haven't heard a good reasoning for why they did it. All
0: right, so Mika's.
1: I'm not a fan.
0: Mika cock.
1: Mika, Mika cock. Why do I pick the
0: worst part of it? How about wow. Doom Mika?
1: Doom Mika? Okay, all right.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> they used to be. <laughs> I'll tell you why they changed it. The first time is because yeah. they used to be just dudes in brown face. I know. So good change. Right. Uh, they weren't even that great. <laughs> they changed them a lot from the uh, the motion picture. They, and uh, Mark Leonard, thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know who who cares? I don't care. And yeah. they've already shown like a picture of Michael Dorn as Wharf on Picard. So if we ever see Ambassador Wharf, I'm sure he'll just have the regular makeup. They're just doing. They're just trying a thing. Who cares? That's not. That has nothing. I'm talking about the soul of the franchise. And to bring it full circle, what do you think Michael Shaben thinks Picard season one is about? Not what happens. What is it about?
1: I think he thinks it's about an old man
0: No that's that's what happens an old man goes on a space adventure what what are the themes what's it about
1: I I think it's about rediscovering who you are
0: <laughs> I am now a robot <laughs> Oh I just discovered I'm a robot Okay um I won't quiz you on it because I don't want you to quiz me. Okay. I think it's about f- parenting.
1: Well, yeah, I can see that too. Yeah.
0: And um, and I don't know what else. And uh, d- listening to the records and getting drunk because your former captain shot two people in the face in front of you.
1: Also parenting because he.
0: Well, that he like was he considered him his dad, didn't connection. he?
1: Connection, yeah. <sighs> Well, now we're both it's thoroughly messy. depressed. But it's good.
0: Yeah. To, it's good to talk about it. Yeah. And it's as for me, I have been a CBS all Access subscriber, yeah, since September of 2016 or whenever Discovery came out. Right. Was it 16 or 17? Oh,
1: gosh, I don't remember it's, now. It's maybe
0: 17. Um, so you know, I've paid for the right to complain. <laughs> but I'm I'm here. I'm in. I'm in it for the for the ride. You know.
1: I mean, I guess we. I just we would have... rather
0: we all watched Enterprise and went boy. I wish this was better.
1: Right. That's the same thing. Yeah. And I guess we're in the best. Well, uh, we, there's so much Trek out yes, there, like that's you it. said. Yeah. So the good news that's is that's good. But if it's all bad
0: well, if if, or it, not great, not, it can all be bad. The good know. news is there's always going to be now that we have opened it up, we can go to every corner of the thing and it isn't just you watching Enterprise and just running the clock down until the next show comes. Whoops, there's not going to be another show. There is always going to be another show. Mm-hmm. I just hope that they distinguish themselves from each other because I don't feel like Picard distinguished itself too much from Discovery.
1: No, I don't feel like it
0: did either. Anyway, no word on a date for the release of (laughs) Strange New Worlds. (laughs) Just a note on some of those other shows, uh, Lower Decks is still expected to release this year, although we don't know exactly when.
1: All right.
0: I can imagine that it would be somewhat delayed by the coronavirus outbreak. Yeah. Uh, Disco Season 3 also is sort of MIA at this point. Uh, Anthony Rapp said in April that Season 3 was experiencing delays because the VFX artists and the editors had to work from home.
1: Yeah, I'd heard about that too.
0: And in fact, uh Jeff Russo the composer was talking recently about the process of recording the score remotely.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Does he have an okay studio from home? I mean, I would imagine if you're No, a composer, no, it's not. Oh, no, I mean,
0: yeah, composers do, but you're literally saying, "Okay, oboe.
1: Oh, like everybody <laughs> yeah. has to record their own parts and you blend it yeah. together? Yeah. Then
0: they combine <gasps> them. That's hard. It's well, I mean, we have uh, I as a, you know, a sound engineer of, you know, middling ability, I know it's totally possible with what we've got today, but it'll be yes, an interesting experiment and it'll be wow. fascinating to uh to hear the the result.
1: So much more complicated than yeah. just recording it live and editing the best takes together. I mean, you got to edit everybody's best take together.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean that's that's just filmmaking, I guess, it's just I making guess. TV.
1: Wow, okay.
0: Uh, of course, many, many events have been affected by the lockdown and canceled yep. um, in the world of Star Trek. Actually, I think April was, I read that April was the first month ever since we started conventions that there wasn't a convention anywhere on Earth. Yeah,
1: I think you're right. I think I heard that too. Um,
0: yeah. And May, it's not looking good. No. May might join April.
1: I think May is going to join April.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the world of Star Trek, uh, Star Trek, Destination Star Trek, Germany, uh, has been pushed back to October of this year. It was originally going to take place um, in the first weekend of May. Now it'll be October.
1: Well, uh, I think that's optimistic. Yeah. But it's in the realm of possibility. Yeah, Destination Star
0: Trek London is scheduled for November and they haven't uh, decided to move that or anything at all. Um, okay. Gen Con was canceled just yes. recently. This is weekend. Yeah. Uh, Shore Leave was canceled. Yeah. STLV. Still on.
1: Still on. Vegas, baby. Still on.
0: Vegas, baby. And I've read that uh, Vegas hotels are taking reservations starting June 1st. What? So, back in business and ain't it grand. Uh, It's a song from the movie Dick Tracy. Okay. Uh, And the Olympics were moved to next year.
1: Yeah, I thought that already happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just bringing it up because oh, it's leading me into the next I story. Crazy. You kay. whole poker. <laughs> uh, the Summer Olympics will be held in Tokyo next year, and the OG trickster of the Star Trek universe took the opportunity to play a little prank for April Fools, uh... a holiday that we don't even recognize on this show. <laughs> George Takei announced that he would be the final Torch Runner for the 2021 Games.
1: I'd heard that.
0: And it wasn't true, but people were there for it.
1: Of course, they were. He got all
0: kinds of.
1: He's athletic. He's he's Japanese. Yeah, you know, people were so. like,
0: "This is su- this is such a great representation. This is so what an honor." And, and it, it, there's a fine line between like doing things for a goof and like <laughs> and like just blatant like gaslighting <laughs> in the digital age. Oh my gosh. Um. But yeah, he had announced that, and then later in the day, he didn't hold on to it for too long. He had to roll it back and said, uh, "Quote." Yes, friends. No, I won't do it. Uh, yes, friends. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid this was an April Fool's prank. A bit of levity in an otherwise dark time. And while I'll not be lighting that fire myself, my eyes will look upon it as a symbol of our triumph over this invisible foe and a reuniting of the global community.
1: Well, that's a well-written response.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he had it chambered and ready uh, to go. I'm
1: sure he did. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow.
0: Do you think he wishes that his 2017 prank about running for Congress wasn't a joke? He would win. He would just win.
1: Yeah, I know. He I mean, he's running he
0: California, win. right?
1: Yeah, and I think so. Yeah.
0: And so, yeah, I mean, I think he would just win. But
1: does he actually want to do it? I mean, he, he's a guy <laughs> well, no. who, like, jokes around. He has no. fun. I don't think he'd enjoy no. And he's, that much. And
0: he's, uh, like you said, like Hale and Hardy. Uh, but he's, you know, he's very old. I mean, uh, he doesn't. I don't think he'd want to take up a job like that at this point.
1: I mean, enjoy plenty... pranking
0: people on the Internet. Yeah, <laughs> <jerk>. right, right.
1: <laughs> there's plenty of old politicians out there, but they've been doing it for a while. So I don't know. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't want to take that on in my golden years. But... I,
0: I wrote COVID. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was thinking of the, the skit uh, from the estate, the, the the comedy show, The State on MTV. OK, if anybody remembers that. And there's one point where Michael Ian Black talks about how, as a famous celebrity, you don't have to do all these, you don't have to worry about this, or like, or I don't, I don't have to worry about STDs, you know, ooh, spooky, ouch.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs> I just wrote that about COVID, but
1: oh, wow. it was supposed to
0: be a lead-in to the fact that virtual conventions have taken the place of physical ones yes. in this time of quarantine, uh, there are uh, GalaxyCon has been doing uh, virtual interviews with people. Mm. Um, there are a lot of <laughs> SDLV Creation Entertainment has definitely thrown their hat into the moneyed ring, yes. and they have teamed up with StageIt.com, which is an o- used to be an online coffee house like busking site kind of. So if okay. you are, if you're a musician and you want to do a public performance but virtually, mm. you can set it up. Um, you can charge tickets, you know, to people to come. Sure. Uh, or you can leave it open to tips. People can tip during the show, and it goes back to you. Okay. And so they have done this with um, Kate Mulgrew, um, Connor Trinneer, mm-hmm. um, Dominic Keating, whose name I always forget. Yes. And, and a couple and other uh, Star Trek stars.
1: What What's her name on DS9? Uh, Chase Masterson. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and the, you can tip during the show, and I'm like. Where the tips go?
1: Yeah, I would like to. Do, do they that. go to the actors? I as somebody, or do they
0: go to a COVID charity because right. those actors are just you know sitting in their houses? <laughs> do they want to As somebody get paid giving for this?
1: money, I would want to know where my money was going.
0: Well, yeah, and I couldn't find anything on that on the creation site, but yeah, you know, you pays right. your money, you take your chance. Yeah, I wanted to specifically shout out Alexander Siddig, the actor behind Julian Bashir on DS Nine. Sure who has taken all this in stride and in order to reach out to the fans has started the Sid City Social Club.
1: <laughs> it sounds like something playing in Vegas or Jersey City. Yes.
0: I know, right? Yeah. And uh, every week or I think sometimes twice a week, uh, he connects with fans. Wow, that's often. Yeah. Uh, and he basically sits down, uh, you know, virtually uh, and does, you know, two hours. And it isn't just, it's a Q&A. But it's also he takes the time to individually like interact with everyone on the stream, and for it got popular really fast. And for that reason, um, he's had to basically like sell tickets. Like there is a limited amount of time. Now he's not selling anything. He's just having people reserve. There's no money being exchanged oh, in okay. this at all. Okay. It's just to honor the fans.
1: Wow. T- and
0: hang out with them. And yeah, it's just really neat. So he's got. If you search for Sid City uh, Social Club on YouTube, you can find it there. Um, if he's still doing, I think he's still doing these things. He was as of a couple of weeks ago. So
1: okay, pretty cool. Um, nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's honestly, I feel like that's impressive for an actor to to
0: do. Well, that. he's not acting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he I guess. can't act.
1: Oh, why why can't he act? Well, I guess he can't act right now because of COVID. You know, wow, well, that there was better a be like than ten people
0: in the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah.
1: never mind. But unless still... he does one of
0: those like. A Chicago Hope, all on Zoom. <laughs> right. We gotta get this pay what is he is he bleeding? <laughs> to turn, the, turn the camera down. Hmm, that's your cat.
1: Oh, oh wow, yeah. <laughs> How do you prevent animals from coming in and making a little cameo?
0: <laughs> I don't think it's all live, but yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. Um but I, I still I think that's cool. I think that's really neat. Yeah.
0: Uh here's some weird news. Um this had happened. This has happened a while ago. This isn't new news, but okay. I wanted to mention that Viacom CBS has purchased forty nine percent a percent stake in Miramax.
1: Right. I in think the heard wake that,
0: yeah. of the Harvey Weinstein thing, Miramax went out of business and was essentially liquidated, and it was bought lock, stock, and barrel by a Qatar-based. Quote unquote media group, but it's basically just, you know, a, a slush fund, I think. I don't know oh. how many people are behind it. Okay. Somebody in Qatar had a lot of money and was just like, I want to stake in media, and so I'm going to buy like the catalog of Miramax. Now, mm-hmm. how that works with distribution, I don't because they used to be owned by Disney, like I don't know. Mm, but you know, right. you basically just own the properties of Miramax. And so they put up this big auction and and I don't think there was a lot of bites, but Viacom CBS is like, "Yes, we want a non-controlling stake in Miramax. Wow. This sounds like a good idea." <laughs> so they now own a lesser half, non-controlling right. half of Miramax, which gives them access to says, so "Pulp fishes, uh, "Clerks," "Scream," "The English Patient."
1: Sure, you know, yes,
0: all those films. All
1: those films.
0: Chicago. <laughs> Would okay, a guy watch Chicago?
1: <laughs> I don't know. So, oh, yes,
0: so, oh yes, so, oh yes, so, oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> and it's weird. This is one of a, a number of interesting, possibly confusing decisions coming from Viacom CBS hmm. in the past weeks and months. The first being the merger at all, the existence of Viacom CBS, yeah, the merging yeah. of Viacom and CBS and Paramount as a single entity. Right. Um, yeah. A lot of people not happy about that.
1: Uh, it's a big deal. Um, and it's maybe too much for one company yeah. to have control over. Yeah. Uh,
0: in a 119-page lawsuit, some investors of Viacom CBS are suing the company and uh, Sherry Redstone for making a bad decision, basically.
1: Okay. It'd
0: be like, you know, uh. if... Yeah, I mean, I think everybody was, um, you know, high on their own supply when the AOL Time Warner thing went through. Yeah, <laughs> but if you could go back in time and sue Ted Turner, mm-hmm. this is kind of that. Okay, they sure. They are, um, they're claiming just a, a mismanagement and also just making it a long, crazy, drawn out process, which it was. This took over, you know, fifteen years or whatever to to lock up. Mm-hmm. Sure. And in the months just after CBS's. Uh, merger with Viacom, um, they lost $12 billion in value. Whoa! Now, this is like stock value, so it isn't okay. like, yeah, but...
1: Not great, though. No,
0: investor confidence, low. Yeah. And this is as, they haven't released hard numbers, but this is as we know that they've had uh, signups and subscriptions, you know, mm. to CBS All Access. Sure. And they're not making a bunch of shows because they don't think they're going to make a lot of money out of it. But a lot of people who, you know, have invested in this company for a long time are like, what is going on?
1: Right. Right. What is the deal here? What's your plan? Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Why? Why a second season of Twilight Zone? No.
1: They <laughs> need content not this, for are streaming. Out there. <laughs> not in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it was necessarily a great idea. To do it but um you know that's just my opinion
0: well yeah i mean viacom or, or national amusements or, or paramount or, or whatever the uh, the main entity is there was in trouble like we know paramount has right. always been in trouble it's been sort of a rough seas for them and cbs is you know they're doing okay except for yeah. having a Sex creep as right, the CEO right, right. for a long time. Right, uh, they're always on top. You right, know? so I, I can I know why she wanted to do it and why her father wanted to do it as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, just a lot of people are like, oh, just because you want to do it means you just flushed our money down the toilet. So right, start. Right. And the funny thing is, this is a Star Trek news show. This has really nothing to do with Star Trek because Star Trek is like the most valuable thing that CBS has.
1: Yeah. Pretty much.
0: Now the Big Bang's gone.
1: Whoa. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah. Um, I do think it's interesting, though. I don't know how they decide this. I'm not complaining, but Trek is available on, on Netflix. It's not just on CBS All Access. Yeah. So you would think it being one of its most valuable properties, it would want exclusive streaming rights.
0: I well, I don't know how those work. Yeah, we know that. You know, they lost the animated series. We off know of that Netflix. Yes. So these, I just assume that these deals are long, but they're not in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. But maybe Netflix, when they were just spent, because they've that's another company that spent a lot of money. Yeah. Just knew, people are always going to watch Star Trek.
1: Well, that's true. Even if people you don't are. see the
0: value of it, we know that yeah, people yeah, yeah, will watch yeah. Star Trek, and exactly. so here's a twenty year lease on Star Trek oh, or whatever. Yeah.
1: I mean. That's entirely possible. Well, yeah.
0: probably not 20, but right. long.
1: Long, yeah.
0: And maybe they have been up for negotiation and, and Netflix has outbid CBS. I don't know.
1: Huh. Yeah, I guess that's a possibility, too. So, interesting. I'm just kind of curious about that, yeah.
0: Well, I hope you're curious about a reunion between the stars of Star Trek
1: Voyager. <laughs> I don't know why I did it
0: like that. I don't know why I did it like you that. You went
1: into an Oprah voice. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I apologize. <laughs> Look under your chairs.
1: Oh, my gosh. A shuttlecraft
0: for you, and you get a shuttlecraft. <laughs> Everybody gets a shuttlecraft. <laughs> and a photon torpedo inside Woo! of it. All right. <laughs> the cast of Star Trek Voyager will get together virtually, of course, on Tuesday, May 26th on the Stars in the House YouTube channel.
1: Whoa, okay. Okay. What's Stars in the House YouTube
0: John. I've never heard of it.
1: Yeah, I never have either.
0: But they are essentially uh, a company that um, is getting together old casts of shows. <laughs>
1: so I have a question. Uh, will Jerry Ryan
0: be on oh, oh, there? And I'll tell you who will be on it. Okay. Yeah, Stars in the House. You have to, you know, even though this hopefully will be ending soon, there are still COVID businesses.
1: That's true. And I
0: think there's probably been a couple... Streaming company dot com LLCs oh, that have yeah. popped up in the wake of this. Oh, yeah. And Stars in the House seems to be one. Here's who's going to be there. Kate Mulgrew, Jerry Ryan, Roxanne Dawson, Robert Beltran, Robert Duncan McNeil, Robert Picardo, Ethan Phillips, and Garrett Wang.
1: Okay. Uh, I guess I know. No
0: never... Jennifer Lean?
1: No. Uh,
0: and no Tim Russ.
1: Okay. Um, I guess I never realized and how And no many...
0: Scarlet Palmer's. Okay. What's Naomi Wildman up to?
1: Uh, I I don't know. Good question. Uh, maybe they didn't ask her. I be, have. I, yeah, they I should have. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, I, I never realized how many actors named Robert worked on
0: that show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. I mean, that's a good portion of the cast. Um, that's just about so everybody. That's just about everybody. I if like you were going to do, say, do
0: a community table read. With this percentage of actors, yeah, that you would be ready to go and yeah. just drop a Pedro Pascal in there, and you're and you're good to go,
1: right? Uh, I mean, if you're gonna get somebody to fill in, get Pedro Pascal, <laughs> don't you think?
0: Yeah, but he's no um, uh, guy with the teeth.
1: What is Walton what is, Goggins? Yeah, Walter <laughs> Goggins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but
0: you, I sir, like are Pedro. no. I want. I want Walton, Walton. Goggins has to be on The Mandalorian. That's what we need. Sure, needed.
1: sure, yeah. And then
0: have uh, you know him and Timothy Oliphant look at each other like, nah, no, no, <laughs> because that's a good joke.
1: Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> when they had
0: uh, when uh, Mel Gibson was in uh, Maverick, the movie version of Maverick, mm-hmm. and then Danny Glover w- had a bit part in it, and at one point they run into each other and they're like, No, no, oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, good I get it. Joke. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, not quite the same, but yeah, never mind. Uh, I was just gonna, <laughs> I was gonna mention in Demolition Man, Stallone they reference oh, uh, Arnie <laughs> Schwarzenegger, and yeah, and he like makes some. But they did comment. that for
0: years, though. Yeah, I was know. it? I think it was Twins in Twins when uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is Danny DeVito's twin. He's been yeah, raised right. on an island or whatever, and he comes to New York and he's walking around. And he goes by a video store, and there's a poster of Stallone, S- Stallone Rambo Three, you know. And he looks at it, he's like, <laughs> "No, no!" And he just kind of keeps walking. <laughs> so they they've did that for years. All right. In yeah. uh, Last Action Hero, mm-hmm. in the world of Jack Slater, yeah, where Arnold Schwarzenegger is Jack Slater,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Stallone is is Arnold Schwarzenegger or has been in all of his movies. So they see a standee for T two, and it's Stallone on the on the cycle.
1: That's funny. Are they friends in real life?
0: I think they're professional rivals. Okay. uh, Who respect each other?
1: All right. All right. We'll go with that. Yeah. Okay.
0: And they were in. Here's here's the real Flash Face Off girl. That movie was written for Stallone and Schwarzenegger. Face Off. But they both backed out.
1: Whoa. I'm sorry. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Your mind blown. My
1: mind is blown. I'm trying Maybe to Maybe they backed
0: out when they went, Well, one guy is like six inches taller than the other guy. And they're right? also of completely different ethnicities, uh, hair colors, face shapes. I mean, one it's guy not talks like, like this, the yeah. other one's like oh, you know, Right. I'm catching.
1: It it's not It's not like like Cage and Travolta look like spitting images of each other, like they kinda almost try to push off that they do. But uh Okay, all right, it, all right. It, all right. It's... As we
0: as we bring this to a dearly <laughs> beloved close, an never ending podcast, who would you have cast as two guys who look similar hmm. to the point where maybe a little little chin implant could uh, could fix it. Ryan wow. Goslin I think Ryan Gosling has the most blandest most general face in the world. So yeah. let's start there. Ryan Gosling and Oh. Johnny Depp and Skeet Ulrich. There you go. Hmm, oh, so it's a face It's a face
1: Yeah. Um, they look very similar.
0: Wait, oh so you're not gonna do one? <laughs>
1: oh, I have to do one now. Um Wow. Eugene
0: trying... Levy and his son. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's We're gonna good make one. you younger. That's a good one. Um, wow. How would they not be Reese related, Witherspoon though? and her daughter. Wow. Wow. Right? Sure. It's um, kind of cheating. Uh, I'm trying to think of like people that I get confused with each other.
0: Dylan McDermott um, and Dermot Mulroney Star. <laughs>
1: that's just their name. And who cares? <laughs> uh, gosh, I'm having a really hard time with this. Um, I feel like Bill Paxton, and I feel like there's somebody I always get mixed up. Bill Pullman. M- maybe Bill. They don't Pullman. look alike at oh, all. Yeah, man. I don't know. <sighs>
0: <laughs> so we just got this part there. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: Mika's not very good at this. Oh, um Jessica
0: Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard.
1: I could kind of work. Yeah, I can see that.
0: And Amy Adams. Whoa, star. In Faces Off. <laughs> There's already two faces. Yes. You know why they left the slash in the title? The studio begged John Woo to, to take this thing out, and he's like, I don't want people to think it's a hockey movie. Wow. So that I don't know why that makes any
1: difference. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> Big hockey fan, John I, Woo. I, I see. He he doesn't want him to think it's like a, a face-off between two teams. Right.
0: In 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 a sudden death scenario, <laughs> Van Damme. Right. Well, I think that's going to probably do it for this week. Yeah. Uh, thank God. So thanks for coming in and talking about the news with us. Again, uh, remind people where they can find you and your projects online.
1: You can find me and my projects at justenoughtrope.com. On Just Enough Trope, we talk about all the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment. What's
0: coming up on Just Enough Trope?
1: Coming up on Just Enough Trope, we are going to be talking about the comic book Miracle Man. We're reading issues one through nine. Uh, It's written by Alan Moore and, of course, various artists.
0: I think you're talking about Marvel Man, aren't you? Oh, and by the way, if you don't already own the issues, you can get them for like $5 a piece.
1: Which is crazy. As soon as
0: Marvel got their hands on Marvel Man, they immediately turned it around and turned a seventy-five cent comic book into a five-dollar comic book.
1: Yeah, that's that's crazy. And I
0: I want to know how Joe Quesada sleeps at night, but I know the answer is on a huge pile of my money. So, <laughs> Well, thanks again for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks again to Mika and Hana for stopping by to help out with the news. You can catch all of the news that's fit to cast in the world of nerdy entertainment on the Just Enough Trope podcast, available at at JustEnoughTrope on Twitter, JustEnoughTrope.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We mentioned the 25th anniversary of Star Trek Voyager during the news, and... Damn, it's still a little hard to believe that it's been 25 years since Voyager began. But there's some good news that dropped uh, after we recorded the show. The Captain Janeway Bloomington Collective of Bloomington, Indiana has commissioned a bronze bust of Captain Janeway that would be displayed in Bloomington, which is, of course, the future birthplace of Catherine Janeway. The planned unveiling of the statue had to be canceled because of COVID-19. It was planned for this weekend, in fact. But the good news is a new date has been announced for the ceremony. It's Saturday, October 24th of this year, which is great news. I'd planned to attend the original date for the ceremony this weekend, and I'm definitely planning to be there October 24th. So if you're in the area, you should consider checking out the statue. The organizers have also teamed with the local science museum for some events, and there'll be a party and mingling. It sounds like it's going to be a con of sorts. So come on out to Bloomington, pay your respects, to a great captain, and have a good time. If you can't wait until October and you want to get your hands on some Voyager merchandise, Titan Books has released a Voyager 25th anniversary special volume to commemorate the show's debut. It's a hardcover book, and it contains behind-the-scenes information on the show, interviews with the cast and crew, and some rarely seen photos and show art and designs. It's a nice-looking volume, and it's available on Amazon.com for order. I'll leave a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. When you make purchases on Amazon through the links that we provide or by clicking on our Shop Amazon. Banner on EnterprisingIndividuals.com to get to Amazon, a small percentage of the purchase price of your transaction comes back to us at no extra cost to you, and it helps keep the Warp Core lit here at the show. And this counts for anything. It's not just Star Trek stuff. You can bookmark our banner when you click through to Amazon, and that way, whatever you buy, the same deal applies. It's a great way to help support the show anytime you shop on Amazon.com. Click through our Amazon banner or through your bookmark or saved link and shop away. And maybe you're saying, look, I've already got the Voyager 25th anniversary volume, and my trip to Bloomington, Indiana is already booked. To which I would have said, that's great news, you should stop by the Kinsey Institute Art Gallery at the University of Indiana, but that's closed now, so, I don't know, check out the big brain sculpture outside of the brain science building on campus? But I would also say if you like what you hear on Enterprising Individuals and you want to support the show, why not head to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. It's there that you can sign up to be a crew member for the show and you can get access to exclusive subscriber content like our live episodes, my DS9 and Voyager rewatch recaps, extended interviews from show guests containing off-topic discussions, outtakes, and more. Just head to patreon.com forward slash EIST pod. Anyone can join our crew, giant brains or no, all are welcome at patreon.com forward slash EIST pod. And as always, the best way to support the show is to tell a friend. Anything you contribute to the show will be appreciated and will help keep us flying. Thanks. And that's it for this supplemental episode of Enterprising Individuals. If you're an Apple Podcast listener and you haven't yet, why not look us up on Apple Podcasts? Make sure you're subscribed to the show. Also, write a little review if the spirit moves you and give us a rating. At the very least, we'd appreciate it. If you're not an Apple Podcast user, you can still subscribe to the show on Google Play or Stitcher or wherever you get our show from. And if you leave positive comments and ratings and reviews on those platforms as well, we would be eternally grateful. Next week on Enterprising Individuals, how we deal with death is at least as important as how we deal with life. That's what Admiral Kirk said to Lieutenant Savick after she questioned the purpose of the Kobayashi Maru test. The irony is, is that Kirk will spend the next two hours of Wrath of Khan realizing that those words are just a platitude, that he's lived a charmed life, he's never faced real death, and the only mortality he's contemplated recently is his own. Catherine Jadaway is a captain no less skilled than Kirk and with no smaller reserve of obstinacy, and she's determined to face her death with the same resolve with which she lived her life. Rosemary's Ladies podcast host Jen Dahlman returns to the show next week to discuss an episode of Star Trek Voyager that will put Janeway's faith in herself to the test and make her question if her skepticism is a strength or a weakness. It's CODA, next time on Enterprising Individuals. And until then, I'm your Captain Caliban signing off and saying live long and prosper. And I'm Caliban and
1: we're the hosts of the Sailor Noob podcast. I'm the expert and I'm the noob. You're talking into the wrong end of the microphone.
0: Aye aye.
1: Okay, every week we watch a new episode of Sailor Moon and learn about monsters, fashion, food, culture, and of course the sailor warrior of love and justice Sailor Moon. All
0: right, now what is her rank? Is she an admiral or a rear admiral? Okay, the ad's almost over.
1: We're a couple of magical people, and every week we moon, prism, power, make up a new episode. What are
0: where Studio goes. Please
1: stop that. Sailor Noob is available every Friday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Shiver
0: me timbers. Daddy.